Good morning, All Nations Church family. Thank you so much for joining us and worshiping with us this morning. Wasn't it a blessing to have Elizabeth Goodine worshiping with us today? We so appreciate her and the All Nations Church Choir. What a blessing they've been this morning. We're so glad that we've had them to uh, be with us in the past and to be with us online now. And it's a privilege to have Elizabeth today. And we thank you so much for joining us today, Elizabeth. This morning, uh, as we mentioned earlier, today is Father's Day, and we want to continue to say Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. We so appreciate you today and praying for you today, praying God just blesses you, refreshes you, and give you just encouragement today and reminds you that uh, the Lord made you to be the father that you are today. Thank you so much for all that you give to be an example to your family, to your children. Thank you today. This morning, I want to share with you, I believe, something the Lord has placed on my heart today. Uh, But before we do that, can we take a moment here this morning and just pause and call upon the Lord and ask God to speak to us today? Oftentimes, you know, we go through the routines and we go through the habits and all the things. But today, can we just stop? We'll turn off the distractions, all the noise and say, Lord, I need to hear you today, including the guy who's telling you from here this morning. Let's pray today. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your grace. I thank you, Father, that you have promised us that your grace is sufficient for us. I thank you for that today, God. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit who gives us life, who empowers the church, who shows us the way. And today I'm praying for fresh renewal and strength from the Holy Spirit for those who are watching today that the Holy Spirit would come and give us grace in this season of our lives. Lord, we continue to pray for our nation. We continue to pray for all of our community during this pandemic, Lord. We just pray for healing, reconciliation, and deliverance of this pandemic from from this land. God, we thank you today. and We pray may your word quicken us and give us strength today. And we welcome you here today, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, uh, a couple years ago, my wife and I were visiting with uh, some family members in California, and we bo- we borrowed a family member's car. We went for a ride. We went to some places and, and had a great time and uh, lots of joy in the day. Uh, but, you know, there's this little thing that happens when you're driving a car. And, you know, you're out and because we're humans and we're lazy is there's this little dial inside the dashboard of the car that tells you when you need gas. And uh, that day when I saw that dial that said that I needed gas, I thought he was a liar. I didn't really believe him. I thought, well, how much longer can I really go? You know, it's kind of a game. It's let's see. Let's just see how much more we can make it. You know, and I saw the, the, the dial just kind of going down and dropping and getting closer to the E. And I thought, surely when the light comes on, there's still another 30 miles left, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, but that day I learned that that car that I was driving, uh, actually when it tells you it's empty, it really means it's empty. The light is not another 30 miles, but the light means let's just turn off and pull over here. And that's what happened as we were driving down the road. It was a Prius that I was driving, a family member's car. And as I was driving that Prius that day, the electric engine kicked over for a good two minutes. And then right after that, all the gas emptied out of the tank. And, of course, uh, we had to pull over to the side of the road. But it's always fun to see, you know, how long, how far can I go? I'm that guy that pushes it to the edge to just see how much longer can I make it. 
Uh, we re ran out of gas that day. We went empty. Thankfully, we were only uh, not even a couple blocks from the house, so we could walk and get a gas tank and fill it back up. Uh, but hasn't that happened to us all, right? We drive around, we take our car, we think, how much, how much longer can I really make it? Some of us are not like that. Some of us, we have to keep it above a half a tank. I appreciate those people, and I, I hope to be that person one day. But this morning, I want to talk to you about something along those lines of, I want to talk to you about today, running on empty, running on empty. You know, during this pandemic, during this national unrest, I think it has really affected us emotionally. It's affected us spiritually. It's affected us physically. It's just, it's been a demanding time upon us. Others are feeling stress. Others are feeling anxiety. Others are feeling worry, and some are fine. But we know that this has definitely been a trying time in our nation. It's been a trying time in our world, uh, let alone just what has been happening all around us. Uh, but it's been a time to see a great tr change that's been needed in our nation, a great transformation. And, you know, who knows? God only knows why all of this has happened and the way it's happened. And we trust God with that. But we know that it's had an effect on us in, in this season. And some of us, it's made us feel like we're empty. It's made us realize the limits that we have as uh, human beings. It makes us feel the, how much longer can I really go through this? How much longer can I endure through this? Uh, some of us are looking at it financially. How much longer can I make it? What, what am I going to be able to, to do? All of this happening. And, you know, it's an interesting time to kind of pause reflect and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to refill me. I need you to refuel me. I need you to help me and strengthen me. Another thing that has happened from all of this is that we've realized is that we have gas tanks that can go empty, especially if they're not connected to the right source. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. I want to read to you this morning from uh, Jeremiah chapter 2. A very short verse, but a powerful verse that reminds us about the Lord and who He calls us to be and our relation to Him. But Jeremiah obviously has been prophesying to the people, and he's giving them warnings, he's giving them prophecies, but he says something to them that is so important for us to even hear today. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13. He says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewned out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Isn't it interesting here that the Bible starts off talking about two things here. He says, you've committed two evils. Number one, you forsook me. And number two, you're trying to build cisterns for yourselves. And I want to explain to you a little bit about the difference between this fountain and this well and the difference about a cistern. Uh, cistern is not really something we, we see today. You don't walk around and see cisterns in people's backyards. Most, um, uh, if they do, it's connected to city water or connected to a well. And the difference is, is that in this time period, there would have been a few different sources of water. One would have been a body of water close by. Another would have been a spring or a fountain. And another would have been a well, which was a, a, a man-made 
device in order to take that water that came from a spring or fountain and provided it. It was, it was connected to a source. But a cistern was different. A cistern was basically a hole in the ground that captured water, uh, like rainwater, for example. And they maybe would have had some type of plaster to put along the inside of it. Uh, some uh, would have had burns of like the rope on the sides of it from where the bucket would have been lowered down. Uh, others would have had steps that maybe were built into the cistern so they could walk down and didn't have to lower a bucket. But ultimately it was built to uh, hold water in with plaster. And the problem is, is that the technology, of course, at the time was not that efficient in order to keep water from that was coming in seeping back into the ground. So it inevitably created a problem that when they built cisterns was that they weren't actually, they were intended to hold water, but they were actually losing water. The water was actually leaking. And so uh, the Bible teaches us here that uh, the word of the Lord was came to them that he, they, he painted a contrast. He said, you have forsaken the fountain of living waters and you've built cisterns for yourselves. Basically, he's appealing to their common sense to tell them that the most important thing, the really that what you needed was the fountain of living water, not the cistern, not the man-made thing, but the, not the, the contraption that was built by human hands, but the source that never runs dry, that is fresh, and that is absolutely the refreshing kind of water you want to drink. And so the, the two evils were, that number one, that he was trying to show them that they forsook the Lord. They walked away from God. And the second thing that he was trying to show them was that they tried to be independent and self-sufficient. They tried to do it all on their own. They tried to say, we can handle this. You know, it was kind of the attitude like, uh, God, we don't need you. I can handle this on my own. I've got this. It was the kind of attitude that said, God controlling my life? No, I don't need that. I, I can take care of it myself. And this was what they did. And but what they discovered was that because they forsook the Lord, they ended up with no water. They ended up with sources that continued to run dry. You see, the reason for their, their dryness or the drought was because they got away from the source and they tried to do it all on their own. So therefore, they became empty and the people of Israel were running on empty. They were running on empty. Tried to do it all on their own, but they couldn't. And so therefore, they were running on empty. Many of us may feel the same way today. You feel like we're running on empty. But today I want to give you some encouragement and some reminders today from God's Word about how God wants to take us back to the fountain of living water that will supply the strength and all that we need in our souls. You see, the thing about a cistern is, is I want to show you a few things that kind of let's, let's, let's throw the idea of a possibility of a cistern away. Uh, number one, a cistern is a tank for storing water. It would have been for like rainwater. But the thing about it, as I mentioned, is number one is that it can run dry. It can, be, it can become empty. The second thing to notice is, is that it can become stagnant. If you have water that sits somewhere for a long time and it doesn't have a way to be refreshed or another source of water coming in and replenishing it, it's going to become stagnant. And this is what was happening with uh, a cistern water. Is it, it, can be, it can run dry. It can become stagnant. The other thing about a cistern is, is that it's hard work. 
You've got to lower that bucket down in that hole and pull it up all that you need over and over again. And you know, if think about it this way, when that water is running dry and it's at the bottom and it's just sitting off the ground like this, you've got to take that bucket and scoop it out at that point. And it's just a lot of work that goes into it. Not only that, but it goes a lot of work into actually building the cistern itself. And the, sec the, the, the last problem I want you to see here today is that it does not tap into the underground water source. It doesn't, it's not connected to anything else. It depends on rain. It depends on just moisture in the air. But it doesn't have a greater source connected to it. Cisterns are man-made provisions that rely on the effort of man. And instead of relying on the source of life, they relied on what they built. And today I want to talk to you about this idea of getting away from relying on human-made devices and instead relying on the Holy Spirit who God so promised to us. The source of life, getting back to the fountain that never runs dry. I love the verse in Psalm that says, There is a river that flows from the, the, the city of God who makes glad the city of our God. There is a beautiful thing about water in the Bible. It's refreshing. It's renewing. It's the strength that we need. And when you start to feel like you're running on empty, there is one thing that you need, and that's the source of water that does not run dry. I don't know about you, but I don't want to drink stagnant water. I don't want to drink stale, old water. That's not what I want. It's, that has more chances of getting diseases and parasites and all of those things. And, and, and what Jeremiah is trying to show them and paint the picture for them is, is stop relying on this old cistern water that you've been trying to do all by yourself and get back to relying on the source that never goes dry, the, the, the living water that comes from the Holy Spirit. Jesus taught in John chapter 7, he says this, that on the last day of the feast, the great day, that Jesus stood up and he cried out that if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. It's interesting here that Jesus, he does this teaching on one of the feasts, a feast of the Israelites at the Feast of Booths, as you can go back to the beginning of John chapter 7 and see this. And it's no coincidence that Jesus stands up and he begins to give them a teaching about the Holy Spirit, about being the river of living water if they are thirsty on the Feast of Booths. The Feast of Booth was basically this. The Feast of Booth was commanded in Leviticus chapter 23 that told the Israelites to uh, take a day, or take, a, take this week of a feast to remember how I provided booths, literally like these fabric made with animal skin places to dwell in while you were in the wilderness. To, to really simplify it, the Feast of Booths was a feast of remembering how God provided in the wilderness when the people of Israel were coming out of Egypt in the Exodus, how God provided over and over again for them. He was with them a cloud by day, a fire by night. He gave them places to dwell in. Dwell in. He made bitter water sweet. He provided manna from heaven. It was a feast to celebrate God's provision 
to celebrate the fact that God had always been providing and continued to provide. And so it's no coincidence that on this day that he begins to teach about the Holy Spirit, that Jesus stands up on the Feast of Booths and says, Hello, is anyone thirsty here? Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart is going to flow rivers of living water. In other words, what Jesus was doing was trying to draw them back to remembering how God had provided. But now, once again, the Son of God had came to be the provision that was needed in their hearts through the Holy Spirit. Rivers of living water flowing through them again. It was the, once again the call to instead of relying on their own capabilities, instead of relying on what they are able to do, to rely on the fountain that never runs dry, to rely on the Holy Spirit to fill them, the Holy Spirit to empower them, to make rivers of living water flow through them once again. All of this is to say that what Jeremiah was saying was the call to what Jesus was telling them was to get back to the source once again. You see, the thing about a fountain is, is that when you get to the fountain is you've got to tap into the source. You, you've, got to, you've got to make way for the water to flow. You've got to make sure that you're tapping in, that you're actually doing something to get the source to come out. But then the thing is, is that once you tap into the source, it's a fresh source. It never runs dry. It's continually flowing abundance to our souls. And then the supply that we've always needed and wanted, it will be fresh and plentiful. The filling that we so need when we're running on empty will come when we tap into the Holy Spirit when we tap into the one whose fountain is like living water flowing through us, like the Israelites, they forsook the fountains of living water. And so Jesus said, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. What he's trying to do to get to them is saying that instead of relying on what you're able to do, instead of trusting in what your hands can do, you're, you're running here and there, you're running on empty. Instead of that, we have to learn to tap into the source that is greater than us, that is fresh, that is flowing with life, and that is the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. We need to tap into the source of life whose name is powerful and mighty. I think about all of the other examples as you read through the book of Acts, how the Holy Spirit was filling the church. And what the, what the apostles would do is that they would go here, they would go there, and they would say, do you know about the Holy Spirit? And he would begin to teach them about their need for the Holy Spirit. And in other words, what he was trying to tell them was that if we're going to continue taking this gospel into all of the world and we're going to continue doing the ministry that God has called us to do, we've got to learn to tap into the source that is the Holy Spirit working through us. You see, the Holy Spirit also reminds us of our dependency upon God. The Bible says in Luke chapter 11 that he says that what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's interesting that uh, Jesus is appealing to the idea of a family here. 
For our fathers watching today, he's appealing to the good nature of a father. He's saying if your son comes to him, he's going to ask you for a, a fish. He's, going to, he's not going to give you a serpent. No, he's going to give you what you asked for. That's the good nature of a father. And so therefore, he tells them that what they need in their life is to ask for the Holy Spirit, is to ask God, our Father, who is willing to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Galatians goes on to say this, is that when the Holy Spirit is inside of us, that He's working, that the Bible says that He sent His Spirit into, into our hearts that testifies to the Father and says to Him, Abba, Father, in other words, when the Holy Spirit is inside of us, we're not going to try to build cisterns for ourselves. We're going to instead open up our hearts and say, Abba, Father, I need you. Fill me. Give me the strength to face today. Fill me with the fruits of the Spirit, the life that comes from being in relation with the Holy Spirit. And so, therefore, the Holy Spirit is reminding us who our Father is and who our provider is, just like Luke taught. Luke taught about fathers that provide, and so therefore the Holy Spirit inside of us reminds us of our God who provides, our God who's able to take care of us today. I know that's a lot of scripture and references, but just to come back to the main point here today is that if you are running on empty, if you're trying to do so much in your life, as the believer in Jesus Christ. You're trying to, uh, to be the person that God's called you to be. You're trying to live out your purpose on the earth. You're doing it all without the help of the Holy Spirit. If I'm doing it today without the help of the Holy Spirit, then what we're going to come up and realize is that we are running on empty. We've abandoned the fountain of living waters, and instead we're building cisterns. I want to challenge us and encourage us today to get back to the fountain of living water. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a stale, a stagnant, a, a dry Christian. I want to be a Christian that is overflowing with life, with power, uh, with uh, just an overflowing of abundance in my life as a believer. This week I was praying and meditating and I was thinking about just this, this imagery here that is given in these scriptures that we've read today. The thing about a fountain is, is that a fountain, it's just overflowing. It's just constantly, abundantly moving and water is just splashing and going everywhere. You can't contain a fountain. It's just flowing. It's just moving and going and I thought in my own life, God, that's what I desire. I don't want to just be a cistern that just holds water. It doesn't do anything. No, I want to be a fountain that is giving life to all of those around me, that is speaking hope, that is speaking good news, that is speaking encouragement, that is listening to the voice of the Father to bring reconciliation in our land, that is, uh, causes us to be an agent of the kingdom of God. When the fountain of living water is flowing through us, the Bible teaches us that death and life is in the power of the tongue. But when the Holy Spirit is in us, He's going to control our tongue. When the Holy Spirit is in us, He's going to help us walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. When the Holy Spirit is in us, we're going to have the greatest gift of all, as Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 13, and that is love. We need the Holy Spirit in us. But how many of us today, we're trying to carve out cisterns. We're trying to push the car a little bit further. We're trying to keep going on our own instead of relying on the one who can give us all the strength and source of hope that we need. 
Today, I want to invite you, as the church of Jesus Christ, to get back to the source, the fountain of living water, to stop in our lives today and stop trying to carve out places on our own and start, stop trying to do everything on our own and say, Holy Spirit, empower me today. One of the most beautiful examples in all the Bible of this is when you look at the early church. You see them in Luke. You see these disciples. You see these frail people who were running on empty. You see them when they had got to the place where they were no longer able to go on their own anymore. You see them running, running, running. They had abandoned Christ. Jesus had resurrected. They saw Him, but now they watched Him ascend again. And there was still this sense of, what do we do? They were still at a place of emptiness. But Jesus so promised them the great gift of the Holy Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit came upon them, it was a beautiful transformation how these people who had been running on empty, these people who didn't have enough, these people who were stuck where they were at, how they immediately began to do, to be empowered, and to live out their God-fulfilled purpose on the earth all through the Holy Spirit empowering them today. I want to invite you today. Are you running on empty? Are you a cistern today? Or are you trusting in the fountain of living water flowing through you today? I want to invite you this morning to pray. And I want to pray for you today as I have been so praying this week and asking, Lord, fill my life. Let me be just like a cup of water pouring over me that's not like a cistern that just holds a little bit of water, but is just overflowing with life, with abundance and strength that is so needed today. Let's get back to the fountain of living water. Father, this morning I thank you today and I want to pray for my friends who are watching today. Lord, sometimes we get to the place where we try to do it all on our own. We try to build cisterns. We try to find a way to do what we can instead of having the faith to trust in the Holy Spirit working through us. And so today, I want to pray today that we would have the fountain of living water flowing through us today, God. That we would get back to the place where we're trusting in the source of life today, the source of strength that is the Holy Spirit empowering the church. Oh God, how we need the Holy Spirit today. How we need the strength that comes from your Spirit, Lord. God, if someone's here today and they feel like they're running on empty, I pray they would walk to you today. They would come to you and say, Lord, give me strength today, power, encouragement today. God, I pray today that we would become vessels that are filled with your spirit today. And God, I believe you today and I trust you. I want to pray today that any person who's watching here today and they don't know you today, I pray they'd surrender their lives to you and follow you and live the empowered life that you want them to live, the fountain of living water. God, I thank you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to continue to encourage you this week to go to the fountain. Get back to the source of life. Tap in a little bit to that power and that purpose that God has for your life. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, you need help on your journey of following Christ, we would love to walk with you. You can do so by texting hello ANC to 97000. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we pray that you are encouraged and strengthened this week. God bless you.